welcome to MTG Speculator Podcast, episode number 32. Today is Wednesday, August 9th, 2017. I'm Massimo, and welcome, Matthew, to the podcast. Hello! Guys, how's it going? It's been a little while. I've only kind of been doing episodes every month or so. Uh, I'm going to try and get better at that, but hopefully you're still enjoying the content. Today we're going to be chatting Pro Tour, Hour of Devastation, and also we've got some new Commander spoilers that have been trickling out this week, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about some reserve list stuff. Me and Matthew went on a sort of adventure adventure down the reserve list because we were thinking about how the new Commander tribal things might spike some new things, and mm-hmm. Matthew got really into it. So we have some... Uh, cards we want to talk about just buying the reserve list if you have some cash on hand uh, that's always a great place to put your money so uh, the first thing is Matthew you just got back from Japan you weren't playing the PT or the GP or anything but you were just visiting I just missed it yeah 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 but Japan's awesome I you know the food's really good Spent a, spent a lot of money on food I even visited a magic shop you know the prices there are nothing special I wouldn't expect. I went there looking for hot deals, and I just found overpriced booster packs and a bunch of stuff. I bought some sleeves that looked good, but they were like fifteen dollars for eighty, and I expected like the best condition sleeves of all time, and they weren't. They're kind of sticky. Yeah, I mean they're just sleeves, man. Yeah, it's just sleeves. Like stick to like dragon shields. I I guess they have a picture on it. So if the picture, I'll in five years of heavy duty playing, we'll see if uh, if they hold up. They're worth fifteen dollars for that <laughs> nice looking picture. Just frame them, novelty oh items. God. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to get a playmat, but all the playmats there were like anime girls. Oh, true. And I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah, you don't want to be that guy. There was also a section for like scantily clad anime girls, no, and that's, that's definitely that's not, not the guy. No, all the sleeves had characters. And it's like I'm not if I don't know the character. Yeah, I don't want to get a sleeve with the character. That makes sense. It's a different. It's a little bit different. The market's different, I guess. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. So uh, let's jump right into uh, Pro Tour, Hour of Devastation. I'm super excited about the, the, the what happened after Pro Tour, Hour of Devastation, because it makes me feel like speculating isn't dead. You know, you can speculate on standard cards and make money sometimes right. still. Sure. Masterpieces don't like destroy everything for the speculator, which I mean is good for like the health of magic in general. I'm all pro masterpiece and whatnot. But it's really exciting for me as, like, a content producer who likes to do this kind of thing. And, like, I have a natural interest in, like, you know, the price changes of cards and stuff like that. When nothing's really moving and everything's just, like, you, there's no opportunities to make money at all. It's, like, not exciting. It's not interesting to me. Yeah. But I like being able to, like, look at standard cards and see changes and be, like, this makes sense. Like, this is a breakout deck that, like, I could have made money on if I had been, you know, wiser. If or if I had tested a little harder, if I had tried to build this deck or whatever, yeah. you know? Like, that's exciting to me. Um, I mean, until, I guess until things rotate out, like all the, like things with expeditions rotate out or masterpieces, you still get to have that game of like, is it good or not? But uh, when Ixalan comes out, like there's no more masterpieces until they decide to put one in. That's right. I mean, obviously Dominary is going to have masterpieces. I think it would be silly for that kind of set to not have it. But like knowing how to get on top of the game is still going to be relevant with going forward because there's not going to be masterpieces in every set. That's right. I don't know. Does Ixalan have masterpieces? No. I can't remember. No, no, it doesn't. Okay. Yeah. So again, it's like all the things from before where you could have, you know, huge price fluctuations in mythics and playable rares and stuff are now going to be relevant again more often, which is great. But also like even with masterpieces in standard, you can see price fluctuations on masterpiece set cards. Yeah. Which is cool. 
So, of course, we're talking about the Mono Red deck that ended up taking the tournament, which we didn't think existed or could be possible. Yeah, so I, it's really interesting. I, I, I have a little bit of a takeaway from my, for myself, like a, a learning that I have from this Pro Tour experience uh, that I want to get to at the end of this section. Mm. But before we get there, I want to talk about just the price changes that we actually saw in that period. Yeah. So right after the Pro Tour, we had Hazaret moving from $6 to $17. Yeah, it's pretty good. Which is like a, a massive change, right? We're talking like 250% or 150% growth. Um, so obviously a huge speculation opportunity. So if you were on the mono red deck before standards, standard results cards started coming out, like there was a period before the pro tour where you had a couple weeks of mono red actually like doing pretty well in the GP and open circuit. And, you know, just being on ahead of even that curve, there's a huge opportunity to make. Uh, you know, like $5 per copy if you were to sell to the store, for example, or like, you know, $10 per copy if you're willing to ship out on eBay. Yeah. It's it's hard to spec with a $6 Mythic and feel like confident. Yeah. Unless you've done the testing and you know it's going to be good. Exactly. You have to have tested it. So this one, this one is more of like a, you know, the, the whys get rewarded. Definitely. And like you put in the work, you get the rewards. Exactly. And that, and that's a real thing that you can still do nowadays, which is cool. Yeah. Um, another one is Chandra Torch of Defiance, which again is sort of breaking the trend of what we'd expected so far with Masterpiece cards. Thinking things would max out. Yeah, like, like what's the max on a Mythic in a Masterpiece set? And, you know, right now she's at $34, which is a lot higher than we've seen in the past for other Mythics. Yeah. You know, uh, I guess Gideon Ally of Zendikar is like the only comparable thing, but Gideon like peaked at $40 and then just like slowly fell, you know, in vari- price variations, but never went quite back up. Where Chandra's like, you know, started at at twenty. No, she's well, she pre ordered for, for like a million, yeah. but then she eventually fell to twenty, and then is like moved back up all the way back. You right, know, she's getting back to where she where she belongs, for example. Yeah, so that's really interesting, and in that she's kind of breaking the mold there as well. And so there there is opportunity again for you know speculation in that sense. So Chandra was at twenty five before the mono red decks started hitting the tables all over the U.S. And then $30 before the Pro Tour and is now at $34 uh, as of recording. So, I mean, a little bit of growth there. I don't think she was like necessarily an excellent spec or something you'd want to sell, but she was obviously like a great buy or a great hold around that period. Yeah. If you Looking had, back. Yeah. If you had some foresight. It's weird, though, that seeing... I mean, there's still one more card we want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but it's weird seeing that like these cards are continuing to grow, even though like Monored is falling off the favor. Yeah, it, it is a kind of interesting. Like, they're still on the upswing. Um, I think p- more people are buying in. Uh, another thing that's interesting is, like, the PPTQ season is modern right now. So there's not that many people buying into standard. So that would also be an argument that people wouldn't. The cards would, would not spike as hard. And, like, or, if you're like, not buying into standard, maybe you're more likely to sell and sell standard, which means the prices should be going down. Down, exactly, right? It doesn't really make sense. But yeah, I guess the deck's very popular. Like, it, and, it, and it, people love a good aggro deck, and people love mono-red strategies. Like, it, it hits people right in the heart for some reason, you know? <laughs> if you if you, uh, if you you wait enough years between popular mono-red decks, people will want it to come back. Exactly, and they'll jump back into standard. Maybe that's what it is. Like, maybe this is actually fetching an, an audience that I mean, normally this is as tempt. This is more tempting for, to me... Than mono black zombies. Exactly, right? Like this is 
like I Matthew, when you first heard about this deck, you were like excited and like wanted yeah. to get back into standard. Last right? time like, I played the standard, I played a Tarka Red. Yeah, and exactly. it was it was awesome. Yeah, I like playing aggro. There you go. Yeah. Uh, the next card on the list that you could have made money on um, is Earthshaker Kenra. Who would have thunk? Huh? Yeah, I mean it's ninety cents uh, to five dollars. So obviously, like a huge amount of growth there. Definitely, even at buy list prices, you could have made. Uh, you know, a, a dollar or two a copy. Uh, I mean, it'd be pretty risky if you're not flipping them on eBay or whatever. But uh, uh just another example of again, you can, this is a, a little more classic of like a card at pre-release uh prices that isn't that anticipated. The same thing happened with Champion of Wits, uh, which has fallen off now a little bit. Uh, but it's just not people. The audience or the Magic community at large doesn't see the potential of the card at quite the value that it should have yeah right? it's interesting though that it's been like five dollars since the pro tour that's right and it's just been five dollars solid it's not yeah. moving at all Which like there's strange. some interesting price not like prices aren't moving very much that being said it's only been a week and some so i mean there's still opportunities for things to fall but in terms of their lifetime like you know earthshaker's kenner's only been out a number of weeks like it, its pre-release price was five dollars or its pre-sale price was five dollars it fell to a dollar and now it's back up to $5, and it's staying there very consistently, and it doesn't seem to yeah. be shifting. Like, another cool thing is that this Monored deck, not only did it get a lot of stuff recently, but because it got a lot of stuff recently, this deck might be viable for longer than normal. That's a great point, right? This deck is mostly dodging rotation. It, like, you, you lose the 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 madness vampire I yeah think. and you lose the the flip werewolf but that's replaceable with the uh school, school scar mage. mage yeah right and send it incendiary flow is only like a two of yeah it's everything. not even not, not all lists are yeah even everything else is good and like the the power is the lands and hazaret yeah that's right right and, and chandra yeah and glory bringer out of the sideboard like it's it, it's this deck is very resilient to the upcoming rotation was so i guess maybe that's a great indicator as to why the card prices are staying where they are yeah right because people are willing to buy in consistently yeah. right is that true with the constrictor decks because that's like coming up too yeah so the constrictor decks are interesting i th- i'd I have to check the L- they lose liliana yeah which is not all the decks and nissa. are running yeah this is a huge one mm. losing this is going to be really painful for that deck for sure interesting okay um so i i i, I touched on this briefly i just want to talk about the the deck building takeaway which is sort of what I've learned and, and, and what I want to share with you guys in terms of what I've gained from this experience of like totally missing the boat on this deck. And like for everyone who like really listens to our set reviews and, and, and standard preparations, like we appreciate you listening in and we're like, we're sorry we missed this deck. Like this deck was obviously fantastic. It, it like cleaned up the field in like a variety of events, uh, but we just completely missed it. And so for me, like for these uh, episodes, I do most of the building. Right, I build most of the decks, and I'm like, this is what I think is good. These are the things that I want to test. Mono red um, comes up every single time, and it's probably a reason why we didn't treat it as seriously. Right. So, like, I looked at the mono red list from before, and I looked at what it was getting. It was getting uh, well, the land, the land. So, Ramunup ruins, and to an extent, the Sunscorch ruins, and then Kenra, and, and then a braid, and a braid, which was like only a slight upgrade above you know, incendiary flow or something like that in in that sort of strategy. And so I looked at that and I'm like, mono red has not been promising in the past. Are these cards really pushing it over the edge? And to me, in my, like, from what my understanding at the time, the answer to that question was no. Uh, It just wouldn't seem to be getting enough. And I, you know, 
Obviously, Ramanap Ruins uh, represents, you know, two to four, you know, two to four damage a game, which is a lot, but I don't think it would push it over the edge. And Earthshaker Kenra, I realized, was like a constructed playable card in the right deck. But again, it's just like, it's a two mana two one with haste. We've seen lots of two mana two ones with flash, flying, like other evasive abilities. Um, And so I think the takeaway uh, from this discussion is... If you want to build a good aggro deck, you need like powerful or evasive or like hasty creature at every slot in the mana curve, right? So what the deck was truly missing was a powerful two drop to take it over the edge, right? So it had Carry Zev, but Carry Zev is uh, is legendary. So you can only play like three, maybe four if you're willing to take some pain in terms of your draws, right? But there was nothing else really filling that two drop slot. Mm. So... As soon as you had an eligible card, even though it isn't spectacular, I don't think Earthshaker Counter is a great card, but I think it just fills that slot really well and allows you to build a deck list that just hits one, two, three, four very accurately. I, I was listening to Top Level Podcast and Patrick Chapin com- compared it to traditional Sly, right? Where you have a certain amount of cards at every mana cost and you're trying to maximize your mana usage at every point in the game, and you have one-drops to, like, fill in those gaps. Yeah, you can't just... There's not enough good one-drops to be, you know, like, a 16 one-drop deck. Yeah, yeah, and even so, like, it's it's just too much. Like, even in old Magic deck building, like, they wouldn't play 16 one-drops. They'd play, like, 12 to 14, Yeah, you know? Not including Shock. Yeah, sure, 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 right? Like, Shock is just, like, a great removal spell. <laughs> uh, but in terms of, like, creatures, right? It's yeah. like, you want 12 to 14 one-drops, uh, 8 to 10 two-drops... And then, like, you know, four to six, three drops, mm. two to four, four drops, and then, like, one to two, five drops. Or, you know, and that yeah. that's, like, the the sly mana base. And you're just, like, beating down and making sure that you're killing people if they stumble and killing people even when they, you know, 50% of the time when they're when they're firing on all cylinders. I think another, another thing that we overlooked was that People kept complaining that none of Red's burn went to the face. Yes. So Red didn't really have reach. Yes. And then all of a sudden they print a land that's difficult to interact with that deals what? Like six damage over... Like you could you can deal a lot of the closing damage a with lot. just the land. Definitely. Hazard also, you pitch a, you pitch a card in your hand, you deal two. Like yes. You had redundant late grain threats in the Kenra that comes back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, and the cool thing about the Kenra is it does give the deck a, a late game component that like you know traditional slide decks or whatever or traditional aggro decks would not have right yeah. it has flood protection in hazaret and in the and Ken- in the lands and in the Kenra. and like it's an aggro deck that plays 24 lands yeah that barely happens right and like even like if you're cutting down on the four drops or chandras or whatever you go down to 22 like even so like 22 lands is like on the low end and it's like certainly an aggro deck mana base but it just gives you like incredible flood protection mm-hmm. like there's so many different ways that it protects every aspect of the game um so yeah i think moving forward from all my standard deck building and everything that i'm going to be doing when i'm looking at an aggro deck i'm not necessarily going to be looking at like oh what new pieces is getting i'm really going to be looking at the mana curve mm-hmm. right what what cards are playable in this mana curve slot for this aggro deck right because if you look at all the cards i i think every single card that's in that deck like most people had identified as a constructed playable card in the right deck, right? Um, Village Messenger is like a, a strong one drop in, you know, an aggressive deck because if you're on the play, it's just like a great start, 
Mm-hmm. Right? You get a one mana two two, you know, fifty percent of the time when it's in your starting hand, right? Or more. And uh and then like uh on crop crasher, I, I I've been playing that deck that card in like Frontier, right? I think that card's like excellent. Right. And so like it just needed a home and like Hazaret's the same. Like you needed like a solid curve out and the dream of like having the turn four hasty dude. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can acknowledge all of these cards as constructed playable, but they can't stand alone, especially in an aggro deck. Like you need to have a constructed playable card in every slot of the mana curve and then you can build a really powerful aggro deck. I think that can also, I mean, that's why we missed this one, mm-hmm. but it definitely applies to like, all kinds of decks. Right. Like, Zombies was missing a two-drop. Yes. For a long That's time. That's a great point. But, I mean, Zombies is an aggro deck. Uh, it, it had What's cool about Zombies is that it can switch roles. Mm. Right? Zombies is really good at switching roles, and they've printed a bunch of zombie cards that allow it to switch roles, which is, like, cool. But you're right. Like, as, you know, its baseline is an aggro deck. Right? Mm. And the majority of the matchups, it's trying to be an aggro deck. And so, it, you're exactly right. Uh, the printing of Amonkhet allowed it to fill its mana curve Mm-hmm. really effectively and and be able to like play an aggro plan and then have a backup plan right right and you're right to an extent this does apply to every kind of deck this applies to mid-range decks and this also applies to control decks and like the control mana- decks are like the easiest like if you're trying to play white blue control and you don't have like a spot removal spell that costs two or less yeah you it's unplayable it's just unplayable those right? those ones are easy yes exactly but when you look at aggressive like a mono red aggressive deck, you know that you could you have to look at like all the commons, all the uncommons, all the, like every card you have to look at. Right, and you have to look at all the one drops and be like, "Am I playing this one mana one one?" I maybe you know you got to test it sometimes. Yeah, right. And like you know, Bomac Courier has gone from completely unplayable trash to like the best one drop in the format. Right, unlicensed right? disintegration is just coming back now. Right. People are, like, trying to find a home that can survive the onslaught yeah. so that they can play unlicensed. So, so they can play a three-mana removal spell, yeah. which used to be the best card. Like, it felt like the best card in standard. Yeah, exactly. Suddenly became, like, felt so bad. Yeah, it just feels so terrible. So, uh, it's interesting. I think that's that's the real takeaway for the you deck builders out there and, like, you know, you speculators out there. And then, like, moving forward, like, we have this in our arsenal now of, like, what we're looking for in, like, a deck we want to build. And especially aggro decks, uh, I'm you know I'm playing mono red right now online, and I'm finding a real affinity to mon- to this aggro deck, and so I think I'll be building more aggro decks in the future, which is good a good sign for us moving forward. Yeah, definitely. As somebody who's like you'd played control like a lot. Yeah, I used to love control. I was all about control. Yeah, and I, now I kind of moved to mid range. Now I'm kind of I'm, I'm filling in all the all the gaps. Yeah, it's important we- to learn all different kinds if you want to be competitive. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so a few more things about the PT, and this is a little bit p- more post PT. Kalidus is only twelve dollars on paper, but we know that it's like the technology right now. A lot of decks are playing it as a two of main board, one side, three main, one side. Like he's showing up in a lot of lists. The thing with Kalidus is he has four toughness, and Mono Red has some ways to answer him, uh, especially on the play with something like Glorybringer. But if he survives, you just immediately win the game. Yeah, like they need to answer it that turn. Or they lose the game, and that's like a really powerful effect. As soon as you can pump it above six tough, above four toughness, they just can't interact with it. Yeah, if you can pump it, yeah, it's right. And really it, that, literally, that's all you have to do is like fatal push, and then three mana. Yeah, and and there you go. You can't lose now, right? And and like obviously, this is supplementing other things that that other decks want to do to to right. to help their life total. But this is part of the plan. Right? I think I think the thing with Kalidus, 
that makes it a little worse is that they have a lot of ways of like yeah they have glory bringers they have chandra minus yeah then they also have you know uh unearth kenra yeah you know can't block or and crap can't block so you have to be attacking yes and at that point it's a four mana three four lifelink well i mean you can be blocking okay it's like yeah they they won't be able to block no so they falter at one turn but eventually like if you make enough zombies like they can't interact with you and like they can't just falter it over and over the zombies come with like tap no okay yeah zombies are crazy the card's really good also it's a vampire and you know commander decks are coming out exactly so the interesting thing about Kalidus is it's 26 ticks online right now and only 12 dollars in paper uh so this is obviously going to show that Kalidus is moving a lot online a lot of people are playing it even though it's coming into a rotation people want to buy it online so this is a little interesting because there isn't maybe it's because the rotation that people it's easier to buy online and then ditch before no, it's just faster. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the concern is that people will flip their Kalidases way faster because of rotation. So rotation doesn't hurt them as much. Yeah. Right? So I, I think there is a ceiling on how big Kalidas can get in paper. But even so, I think he's a staple of of constructed magic standard right now. And I think he's going to stay that way for a while. So uh, For a le- while for like a month. For a while being until uh, Ixalan release. Okay. So uh, I would recommend picking up your copies if you're, if you're looking for them for constructed for sure um and I, also like modern like there was a period where he was the hot technology and he might come back as like a good four drop in the in the format uh, i i don't think fatal push has uh made him look very good no but uh we'll see <laughs> yeah i mean it's weird because if you wanted to buy Kalidus because you were going to play him yeah then you would be you would have a deck in mind and you would just buy him no matter what because that's, that's kind of what you want to do yeah because yeah, if you're yeah. playing standard you're not and you want to buy a card this close to rotation. Either you're trying to win, mm-hmm. uh, or you don't have a care for spending. You, you don't care. Money. Yeah, you don't care that your <laughs> cards rotate and yeah. lose value. Yeah. So I, I, I like if you're unless you want to play it in standard, I wouldn't recommend them buying it. Yeah, fair enough. Like right now, fair enough. Uh, Chandra is five dollars more. Well, five dollars ticks more online than in paper. This so, one doesn't rotate. Then this one doesn't rotate. So I think this is this is a sign that Chandra has even more to grow uh than she or then she's already at right now which is crazy but i think that's that's awesome i think yeah i mean the thing is that she's can grow five dollars don't i mean this is not she's she's not gonna be a 40 dollar card for the entire of her like existed i like, think that's correct i think she still has room to go down even if they never print her for a while as soon as she gets out of standard i think she's gonna go down well the thing is she does see fringe modern play like she is in like the like the, a blood moon deck like blood moon deck and stuff red. like that and like some jun decks will be running some copies of her like she shows up from here here and there you know yeah it depends on the list all right uh that's pretty much all we have to say about price changes in the last couple weeks of course there's always interesting things happening in mtg finance but we just wanted to touch in on the deck building components of it and and other things that i that worth see coming up standard is one of the more exciting places that you can do finance yep so it's always good to look at it every time like there's a pro tour stuff is yeah, changing. just checking in learning something yeah all right let's talk about commander 2018 I'm i su- like it i'm super excited man i think the the, the theme decks is really great like not being tied to like you know, a, a Wooberg color combinations or whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't even think the color is balanced. And I like but it. You know what? Didn't we talk about this, about the last Commander, about how there were so many more green cards? 
yeah. that were printed. <laughs> yeah, like, that's right. So many more. Yeah, so even right. if they balance the color wheel, yeah. the, the number of cards are never were never balanced. That's true. I mean, it would think it was a little fringe because it was like a four color deck. Like every every deck but one had green in them. You know. So, yeah, but that's the same about all the other colors. That's not well. If, no, my point is that if they were monocolored decks, then they'd have the same number of cards. Right? Well, it depends. Like artifacts kind of skew, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear you see you. what I'm saying. Also, yeah, Brea, Brea is non-green, and she has a lot of artifacts. So all like each artifact could have gone to a different color. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, just saying that the the color balance is not might not be like ex- exactly. Yeah, but they they said that the trend is that they won't they'll stop focusing on color. So they obviously year to year they they can improve like the balance. I I'm sure they will be a balanced in new cards. Yeah, 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 for sure. Which, I hope which so. is what matters the most. I hope so. Yeah. Uh so uh on our trip down uh Commander 2018 we as we said we we sort of went on a detour onto the reserve list. Um I I'm really hyped for uh Commander 2018 and so will everybody else. And so there's some a few cards uh that are specific to the set and what we've seen so far um uh, in terms of themes and there's just some other cards uh, that we'll talk about a little bit at the end, that we just want to talk about because they're good and on the reserve list, so you should consider buying them for sure. All right, uh, the first card that we wanted to talk about is Baron Master Wizard. He's actually a pretty cool combo. So Baron Master Wizard, uh, I'll read it to you that don't know it. This card is on the reserve list. Uh, it's one blue blue for a 1-1 one, one legendary human wizard. It has two colorless sacrifice permanent return target creature to its owner's hand. Right, so we just today was just spoiled the the new Eminence commander, so yes. like the main one. Yeah, and it says whenever a wizard comes into play, you can pay one mana to copy it yes. until end of turn. It gains haste. Yes, right, and, and so, then it's gone, and the then end. it's gone at end of turn. So, yes. so with Baron, if you if you play another wizard, you you yeah, pay you one play mana. Another yeah, you play another wizard, you copy it. For one mana, and then you can sack that wizard that you just copied to bounce something. Look, we're not saying it's like the best combo ever. No, it's actually not that powerful. Yeah, because yeah, you can't even do it on himself. I thought you could do it on himself. But the fact of the matter is that the fact, like, this is on the reserve list, and this is a wizard's tribal card that is completely playable in this wizard's deck. Yeah, right. Like this is I. I mean, there's lots of wizards in the history of Magic, but there's only so many wizards on the reserve list. Yeah, and also like touch to the playability again. You know, you, your your commander generates tokens that die at end of turn. You're gonna want ways to sacrifice them for value. Yeah, this you, is you attacking with them one. is not what you want with that card. That's not the goal. The yeah. goal is to like break ETB effects or have something or like dies this. effects. Or exactly, or have something something like this that abuses tokens. Yeah, right. And this so this fits very well into that strategy for sure. Also, you can bounce the original creature. Yep. Right. And just keep and just so three it's just mana for et. You could re re get the etb effect. Right? Yeah. Buy back three mana. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. It's good. And you get two etb effects. You get two of the etb effects. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So think about it like that. That's awesome. Mm. I didn't think about that at all. Mm. Yeah. So I think this is an excellent buy. Uh, Baron Master Wizard right now is at one dollar. Yeah. Uh, so I highly recommend you buy up a bunch of copies at least at least one for yeah. your commander deck. I think people were talking about this on MTG Finance. Yeah. Seems and like a great choice. It was like a couple of days ago. Mm. So, I mean, either it's going to move like today, like before the podcast comes out or like, <laughs> or, or they're, when, after the podcast comes out, wink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm going to pick up my copies for sure. I think this is an excellent card to pick up. I have one, but at $1, like, I think I might so get a couple low, more. Yeah, exactly. Right. 
another great wizard on the reserve list is Urtai Wizard Adept. Basmal loves this card. This is my favorite. Sorry. <laughs> I can't swear on the podcast. Uh, this is my favorite card in Commander. Uh, I, You know, repeatable counterspells are excellent. I'm all about repeatable counterspells. Yeah. I also... And, and three mana, one one. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Isn't he four mana? I think he's four no, mana. He's, he's three mana. His, his counter ability is four mana. Oh, you're right. You're totally right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Urtai has uh, ability four mana, counter target spell... You, it, it's tap speed. counter target cap tap counter counter spell so we've, we've been playing this in our kira edh deck really which is good. which is just awesome because it like protects your creatures and then this guy just like takes over the game essentially if they can't kill it and it's yeah. like a bunch of coordination from people yeah the card's really good um and it's just like a stable free i think i think in a wizard's edh deck like you have to put this card this card's really really good yes it's a it's a magnet it's a removal magnet but i mean what else are you playing Aren't you playing removal magnets that are creatures in in yeah. Wizard EDH? I mean, you're gonna have your guys with ETBs. Yeah, and in this deck, probably those guys will be better. Yes, but if you want to do something di- different, and we haven't seen all of the commanders, that's right. So maybe like Urtai is like a combo with a different one, or like bet- gets better. Maybe maybe one of them reduces Wizard's activated abilities. Like who knows? Yep, definitely. Oh, so, uh, it could be. It's co- it could be good. Definitely, I totally agree. I think I think this is an excellent pickup. I'm gonna pick up my copy now because I need it for the Kira deck uh, at for five dollars and twenty five cents. Because I'm gonna make my own my own version of the Kira oh, yeah? deck. Oh yeah, yeah. Or okay. at least have my, have one at That's home. Fine. I'll take mine apart then. <laughs> I need the pieces for other things. Fair enough. Um, another great pickup for uh, the the new commander product is Zirin of the Claw. Yeah. So this card is uh, it's a dragon tribal card. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also on the reserve list for Mirage. Yes. Three red red for a three four. It's Viashino Shaman. Yeah. So it's not a dragon itself. No. But for one red red tap, you get a search your library for a dragon, put it into play, gains haste, and then you exile it at end of turn. That's so good. Right? You just get like ETB effect, attack trigger, you get everything. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I know people have been playing this as like the commander but I could see it in the deck too. Definitely. And like, if you have a way to sack the dragon or whatever, you could just put in your graveyard and then do other shenanigans with it. They're yep. printing a lot of dragons now. Like this is the second time they've printed a dragon that you can return it from the graveyard for a cost. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. So zero, zero line of the claw spike during dragons. It's going to, it's going to spike again. And so it sort it seemed to have already spiked. It a spiked bit. when they announced it, but yeah. now it's gone back down. But a, I feel like a second wave will, will I definitely come. think zero of the claw. Like, you know, I think that spike is like people speculatively buying it. Yeah. And you know, co- copies coming off the market, but I don't think that's actual demand from players. Right. You know, building the dragon deck. I think that's still going to come and I could see zero of the claw a year from now being twice as twice as price. Easily. Yeah. No, no, it's on the reserve list in a tribal and it's good. And it's that's, a good card. Yeah. And it's from like a, one of the older set. It's not it's not one of the oldest um sets, but Mirage is pretty old as far as a uh, reserve list goes. Yeah. So those are like the big three on the reserve list. Uh, we did like a, a quick skim of the reserve list. Matthew wants to talk about a few other cards that are just like cheap on the reserve list and things that you should probably consider buying, uh, even if some of them have like spiked recently. Yeah. So I've noticed that uh, around 2016, there was like this like collective attack on the reserve list cards where <laughs> it was flat for so many years. Like as far back as data goes, all these were like flat growing maybe like 1% a year like with inflation yeah yeah right and then all of a sudden in 2016 people started like buying reserve list cards 
Like you see like a bunch of like jittery upticks where it's like going up like steadily and then all of a sudden it like spikes and then it goes (laughs) back down and it's been going down ever since. Yeah. For all these cards that I'm about to list, that's pretty much been their trajectory. And it looks like from that spike all the way back in 2016 is that they've bottomed out. It yeah, looks like they the, finally bottomed. They yeah. finally bottomed. Like settled at their their reasonable market value post spike. Right. Yeah. So now is the earliest best time. Yes. To get them. Yes, because they're not going to go lower than this. Exactly. Ever. Ever again. Because that's again. how that's how they. I, I think in all of our looking, I only saw one card that has been going down. And it went down like a little bit. And it went down. Yeah. It went down like two percent, and then it's back up. Went back up. Like yeah, it's like, yeah. It, it, over small. like over like two years, it went down two percent for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 it went back up a little bit. Okay, so I'm just gonna go through the cards. Um, one of them is the basically the cycle that uh, Keldoran Outpost is from. These are these are some cards from from alliances, and they're basically they come into play. You sacrifice a land of the land type and then they have like a man ability and then an additional ability so some some of them are better than others the green one is trash the green one's like 80 cents and i don't even recommend buying that <laughs> uh unless you're, uh, i don't know unless you could think of a reason to sack a forest to tap give a creature plus one plus one <laughs> i don't know but they're all pretty good i've used um them in like every time I have a monocolor deck, I use it. Even when I don't have a monocolor deck, if the, the abilities are pretty good, mm-hmm. I recommend. So Keldoran Outpost itself is four dollars. Yes, this is like the cheapest it'll ever be, and I think this one's one of the best. It creates a body. Yeah, repeatable creates a at body. instant speed. Yeah, at instant speed, you make a one one white soldier token. So if soldier becomes a theme, then all of a sudden this this card might see a ton of play too. Definitely. Uh, the, another one would be, uh, Soul Devi Excavation. Mm. This is the blue one. This one's actually cool because it taps for one in a blue, so you don't actually lose the mana. Yeah, yeah. And it has one tap scry one on a land. Yeah. So that, this one's 320 right now. Of course now. the blue one's the best one, right? Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I think the red one also taps for... Oh, okay. One in a something. Okay. Uh, the, no, no, the black one's the best. I'm sorry, black one's the best. That one's Lake of the Dead. Oh, that's from that cycle? That's from this cycle. Oh my god. You sacrifice a swamp, uh, it taps at a, a black, but you could tap sack a swamp, add four blacks to your end pool. <laughs> it's busted. It's so good. If it wasn't for black being like the, you tutor up your Urborg and your Cabal Coffers as soon as possible and get that mana going, yeah. like this is fast mana. If you're playing like competitive yeah. black decks, yeah. it, like it, it comes in play untapped. Yeah. So the turn you play it, it just generates you three mana for free. Yeah. You just, it's all, you're all in though. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So th- that one's the best. That one's like more of like a more expensive. It's like $8. Mm-hmm. I would still recommend getting it because it's fantastic. Yeah. I totally agree. Uh, but yeah, this whole cycle is like pretty sweet. It's like a land doesn't cost you much you know i i highly recommend it i have one of each so i'm 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 in on it another card is so some cards that like i noticed that are just just really like good interesting cards that aren't seeing much play these are mostly for edh let's i'm not saying that these are gonna be vintage or legacy playable Mm -hmm. but like even commander can can get some price value and like uh, interesting effect could be spiked yes uh so the one uh, that I really like is Bubble Matrix. Mm-hmm. Four mana artifact. Uh, all, all damage that would be dealt to creatures is reduced to zero. That's awesome. Which is like, you know, creatures can attack without dying. You can do like, it prevents damage-based board wipes and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Like, 
it's 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 a super interesting effect. I like creatures that deal damage to themselves and stuff. Yeah, creatures that yeah or deal damage to um your creatures like Sorrow's Path. All of a sudden, oh my goodness! You could tap it to only deal two damage to yourself and exchange blocking creatures which don't take damage during combat. Wow. Like think about it. <laughs> think about the value. You um, can swap blockers that just wouldn't take damage. Yeah, exactly. Anyways. They wouldn't take damage anyway. <laughs> but think of the value. So yeah, so I I'm I think this card. Uh, is it's a really interesting effect. I'm sure there's a way that it'll it could be broken eventually, Definitely. especially with creatures that deal damage to themselves. Like eventually, this could be part of a two card combo. Yes, very easily, very easily. Uh, so at one dollar, I think it's a it's a really good pickup. Def- I totally agree. Uh, another one is Lifeline. This is a five minute artifact that whenever a creature dies, if a creature is still in play, you return the first creature back at the beginning of the next end step mm-hmm. to the owner's control. So. I just like this card because it's good if you're sacrifice if you have like a sack outlet, you can just sack a creature every turn. Yep. Just give value. Yep. Um, you could tell people like it because it's got high gatherer rating. <laughs> four four point three stars. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, so this is a really it's a really neat card. It it is group hug as well. Definitely. Like, the reason I own this card is because I was looking for group hug cards and this affects all players. Mm-hmm. Which is a downside if you don't like it, but EDH is a political game anyway. Yeah, definitely. So I, I, I think this is a pretty cool card. This one's um this one's a little more expensive. This one's at five. But uh still it's like it's a it's a really neat effect. It's it's probably more immediately valuable than Bubble Matrix. Yeah. So I, I this one you probably can think of a deck if you play a commander, you can probably think of a deck that this can go in right now. Mm-hmm. Another one is Scorched Ruins. This is another land. This one's seven fifty, but this land is pretty unique. So it's spiked recently because of the Eldrazi decks as like a speculative in like uh, legacy. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's uh it's a land that comes into play. You sack it unless you sack two untapped lands, but it taps for four colorless mana. Yeah, so it essentially it's essentially like a soul land. Yeah. Uh, but you have to sack two lands. So yeah. I mean, it's much worse than City of Traders or City of um Ancient Tomb. Ancient Tomb. Yeah. Yeah. But they, I mean, this is the next best thing. Yeah. They and they also like errated it. So that you can't, like, float four mana and then just sack, <laughs> sack it to it. itself. Yeah, so it's just not just, like, zero mana, add four mana yeah. to mana pool. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think this card, like, any land that taps for four is uh, pretty great. And also, like, they just reprinted a new Crucible Worlds creature. Yep. So, like, that's good in that deck. Like, this is probably in the Gitrog monster, monster deck, deck. Definitely. Right? Yeah, so if, if you're interested in this card, this one's 750. There's a, a card similar called Lotus Veil. Which uh, has the same downside, but it taps for three mana of any color, just like Black Wolves. Yeah. So instead of getting four colorless, you get three mana of any color. This one I don't like as much, because it doesn't actually generate you a a mana. Yeah, it's not not better than a land. Yeah, I I, I think they're cool. They're expensive, but they're lands. They can go in literally any deck. Yep, and they're on the reserve list. And they're on the reserve (laughs) list. So, I don't know. It seems pretty dope. Um, The last couple cards before I get to my one joke card is uh one of them is sands of time which is a really interesting card uh four four mana artifact basically if you would untap uh, on your untap untap step you like toggle all your cards yes. minutes in play so if something's tapped you untap it and if it's untapped you tap it yes this card's cool it, it me it also says you skip your untap step mm-hmm. so like that could be relevant to some combos this card's only 75 cents and it's on the reserve list yep it synergizes with haste creatures because you play them, you attack, and then next turn you can untap it and then attack again. Yep. So I, I've seen people 
in like the magic club that i used to go to they've they've used this to like stall out games because it makes people that much slower Mm -hmm. like it just slows everything down yeah so i've seen like some lock style decks use this to to pretty good effect so it, it it has a use and it's 75 cents so i think that's good enough to be mentioned on the podcast just so you guys are aware of it definitely um and then the last serious card is called well of knowledge mm-hmm. it's a three mana artifact gives each player the ability to pay two mana any number of times on their draw step to yep. draw a card so it's a group it's a group hug card uh colorless um so i'm thinking like you know maybe you want to make a mono black group hug deck like you might not you might be spread a little thin <laughs> so that's how i ended up with this card yeah yeah um but it's 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 a pretty good effect like repeatable draw two mana and if you want to be group hug if you want to be political it's like it's like a pretty like a pretty decent effect like in blue you might not want it no in green you could want it because green group hug gives you a ton of everybody a ton of extra mana mm-hmm. maybe they want to do this with their mana yeah yeah so i i've i've put this in decks and it's been it's been pretty fun cool so i think it's it's pretty worth mentioning okay so last one <laughs> is my joke one this it goes with teferi's uh protection uh-huh. So they just printed a sick Teferi card. It's got a lot of upvotes on Reddit, so you know people like it. But maybe it's just because people like Teferi. Right. Maybe it's just because people want to make a Teferi tribal deck. Uh-huh. Guess what card is necessary for a Teferi tribal deck and is on the reserve list and is also a sick land to boot? Yes, that's right. Teferi's Isle. Uh-huh. Legendary land. Legendary land. Taps, well, it doesn't matter in Commander. Taps for blue-blue. Need I say more? <laughs> oh, I should because the next two abilities are downsides. It comes to play tapped and has phasing because it's, it's a fairy. It's you tribal. It's phasing tribal. It's so, great. So, so this is how it works. You play it. You don't get the mana. Uh-huh. It phases out before your next turn, so yeah. you don't get the mana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the next turn, you get untapped and you get two mana. Yeah, yeah. You know what I just realized about this card as well? What is it's legendary, but that doesn't mean you can't have two. Right, because you can alternate the phasing cost. So you just have to wait for one phase out, and then you play the other one. Yeah. Now you're really going off. Yeah, yeah. Is is phasing a triggered ability? No, I don't think it's a... I think it must be a replacement effect or something. there's no way to do it. What? No way to do what? How would you possibly get a second copy? No, 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 no. When it's phased out, Uh you put it into play, Uh and then when the other... And then when, like, phasing happens... I mean in Commander... Oh, yeah, like yeah. How? No, no, no. I'm talking about a real deck here. Oh, my We're bad. We're talking, like, real magic. We're talking about, like, vintage. Vintage to fairy Vin- Isle. Vintage, vintage Isle. Vintage Stranded. Desert, deserted. Oh Stranded God. on the Isle. <laughs> Look, you, if they print, like, a Amulet of Vigor creature that's blue, like a blue one drop, like, one mana, two, one mana, one, three, or whatever, lands you, permanents you control come to play untapped, or whatever... Suddenly, permanents don't phase out. There you go. Suddenly, <laughs> this is a ETB <laughs> tapped land that taps for blue blue. There you go. And it's got Teferi's Isle, so you have to have it for your Teferi tribal deck. All I'm saying is it's a dollar paper. It's a land that taps for two mana. <laughs> and it's on the reserve list. <laughs> and it's on the reserve list. So you'd be a fool not to invest the lump of your money I totally agree. into this card. I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, that's all we got for you. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to this episode of MGG Speculator Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcasting service. Uh, We really, really appreciate if you were to go on iTunes, give us five stars, or subscribe to our YouTube channel, because then we can actually, like, name our YouTube channel. You need 100 subscribers. You can't, like, give it a 
you know, like the you YouTube slash. You can't do that. Oh, jeez. So, so yeah, so getting there. Uh, a reminder that we're on Twitter. Follow us at MTG Spec Podcast for episode updates. Feel free to send us feedback anytime at all. Uh, send us a deck list you want, something you want us to look at. We're happy to start a discussion at any time. Uh, send us an email at mtgspec at gmail.com. And tell your friends about the show. That's the number one way to help us grow. We really, really appreciate every single one of our listeners. Thank you so much for sticking with us. And finally, check us out on mtgspeculator.com. It's the home for the podcast. You'll find everything there fully archived. Every previous episode, every laugh all along the way. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. See ya. See ya.